Welcome to another episode of Life After Mars, a Veronica Mars podcast. What do we do? We talk the mystery du jour, other side stories, B-plots, and our favorite scenes and lines. We won't spoil you on the season-long mystery, but the mystery du jour is fair game. I'm Corey, your longtime marshmallow. I'm Sean, and I'm so mad right now. Okay. I'm, I'm just mad at Rob Thomas. Can't he just let our characters be happy? Well, let's get into that. So today we're <laughs> I'm talking upset, about Corey. <laughs> today we're thanks for validating. So today we're talking about season one, episode twenty, M A D. Time to blackmail the blackmailer. Veronica plots to stop a friend's vengeful ex-boyfriend from posting a salacious video. Elsewhere, the Canes offer a fifty thousand reward to get a runaway Duncan back home, and Logan and Veronica, they hit a little bit of a speed bump. Mm-hmm. So would you say the love boat hit a wake? I don't know. A buoy, a seagull. <laughs> it's not an iceberg, so that's good. A seal? Seagull? I mean, I think it's bigger than a seagull. Uh, we'll continue. All right. <laughs> so I have the mystery du jour today. And our mystery du jour actually isn't really a mystery, but we love it anyway. I love Veronica when she's got an axe to grind. Mm-hmm. So we jump right in. In the Neptune quad, we meet Carmen, who is breaking up with her stage five clinger boyfriend, Tad. He's desperate. He's made her a mix. Well, actually, it's a song he wrote for her on his guitar. But she's adamant that a song won't fix things. So Tad pulls out his secret weapon, a video. We don't see it, but we hear it, and our imagination can do the rest. (laughs) In Veronica's office, a.k.a. the girls' restroom, a crying Carmen tells Veronica all about the video. She must have been drunk. She would have never done something like that. Not sex, she says, but something about skinny dipping and a popsicle. Anyway, she needs the phone. She can't be with Tad anymore. She asks Veronica, can you get it? Oh, yeah. Bank on it. I just like her resolve in that moment. (laughs) So with the help of Wallace, Veronica plants a burner phone in Tad's backpack. Then Wallace calls the phone halfway through six-period study hall, where both Tad and Veronica, how convenient happen to be and the instructor confiscates tad's phone but his actual phone he doesn't ever find the burner phone although i'm sure the teacher would have just taken both of them and maybe suspected tad of having a drug business or something well the so the burner phone yeah that's right the burner phone was in his bag the entire time that's the one that that wallace kind of like tossed Uh in and then he called it so it went off so he got busted anyway Luckily, Veronica had waltzed into study hall on a fake call on her burner phone, also confiscated. I don't think that was luck. I was trying to be sarcastic there. (laughs) Luckily. Okay, there you go. I didn't see that look on your face when you Ah, did it. (laughs) Well, luckily. So anyway, so Veronica rushes to the study hall class at the end of day to pick up her phone, but grabs Tad's. How convenient. Carmen stops by Mars Investigations later that day to pick up the phone. Veronica cautions her that even though they have the phone, there's no way to guarantee that the digital file is dead. 
but Carmen is confident. Tad isn't really the think-ahead kind of guy. And with that, she smashes Tad's cell phone. With no regard for that fine cherry desk. (laughs) That would have left scuffs, and that's probably a nice piece of furniture. Details. So case closed? Not quite. Almost immediately, Veronica gets an instant message. Oh, instant messages. (laughs) From Top Gun. Nice try, it reads. A panicked Carmen rushes around the desk. That's Tad. Veronica clicks on the message, and the video starts playing. It's Carmen enjoying her popsicle in a rather salacious and explicit manner. (laughs) My, how much has changed in 14 years, because I'm like, that's not so bad. Well, they also mentioned, or she mentions that they were skinny dipping. So I'm assuming there's other parts of the video that were a a little more um, salacious is the word you used. Yes. Next day, Veronica sees Carmen and Tad in line to buy tickets for prom. Tad's all cuddly with his back hug, and Carmen looks legit ready to crawl out of her own skin. (laughs) While not stated, it's clear that he's blackmailing her. Be with me, or I'll send the video to the entire school, slash world, slash the internet for the rest of time. So in line for those tickets, we meet Seth, a gay youth at Neptune High. Tad and his idiot friend throw an insult Seth's way about gay prom being the following week in the Dog Beach's men restroom. And Seth cracks a joke about seeing Tad there, calls him a sailor. See, Tad has plans to join the Navy. Carmen mentions this during their breakup in the beginning, and we see Fly Navy stickers on his phone when Veronica grabs it from the teacher's drawer after school. Seth teases him a little bit more, chipping away at Tad's fragile male ego. He comes back with, Promise for traditional couples. And his idiot friend quips, What's more traditional than fairies and fat chicks? So do you think that Tad was trying, like, trying to make it look like he was taking the high road there? It almost seemed like he backed off a little bit and he's like, You know what? I'm going to take the high road. It's for traditional couples. Like, he actually thought he was doing the right thing at that point. No, I don't think he was doing the right thing. I just don't think he could think of anything more clever to say. He just didn't have a better quip. Yeah. I mean, I know he wasn't doing the right thing. I just think that he he thought he was taking the high road. No, nothing about Tad screams the right thing or the high road. (laughs) He is like number one scum. Even the worst villains think they're doing the right thing. Maybe. But I feel like most villains usually have some sort of a sympathetic backstory, and he has none. (laughs) Well, You know, where you have like this kind of little bit of a corner where you're like, I can see where you think you're doing the right thing. Maybe. But Tad doesn't have that. Well, because she, uh, Carmen does say, you know, he used to be nicer, he used to be better. But that video was taking, taken a, a year, year and a half, and a half ago. of their two-year relationship. Yeah. So when? The first six months? Yeah. <laughs> He's just been sitting on it the entire time. Veronica, watching all of this, wonders, Now why would Carmen want to dump such a charmer? Carmen finds Veronica later that day. She feels disgusting, but what can she do? If he releases the video, she'll be Popsicle Girl, searchable on the internet for the rest of her life. Unless, Veronica says, they get something on Tad, something heavy enough that it prevents Tad from ever releasing the video. Mutually assured destruction. Awesome name for a band, by the way. It probably exists already. Oh, there has to be one. (laughs) So Carmen invites Tad on a romantic date at the Neptune Boardwalk, complete with cotton candy, hand-holding, vodka slushies, and questionable tattoos. When they see Seth, she asks Tad to go up and talk to him. She heard a rumor that he sells the best ecstasy in school, and she wants Tad to buy some for prom night. Veronica is nearby. (laughs) I'm just saying, it's such a fun activity. What? Doing ecstasy on prom night? Like, I am pretty sure we went for, like, froster freezes. I was a 
I was a score, though. We've established this. <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess that's one way you we, could do. We drove to Austin and went to 6th Street on prom night. Dirty 6? Well, we didn't know any better at the time. Yeah. Uh, and we didn't couldn't get in any bars. We just walked around. I think we went to, like, Aaron's Rock and Roll Shop and bought some memorabilia. I think I might have bought, like, a steel ball necklace or something. Oh, wow. I remember those. Uh-huh. Okay. I have one somewhere. I'll wear, I'll wear, uh, wear them with my Jinkos at some point. Please do. So Veronica is nearby to capture their interaction, Seth and Tad's, on film. And could that be the plan? Blackmail Tad for trying to buy drugs? Not quite. Veronica gets Carmen to call Tad for a rather intimate conversation, and she records the whole thing. Then she enlists Seth and Mac for some finishing touches. They use the photos from the boardwalk of Seth and Tad and audio from the phone call with Seth's voice dubbed in for Carmen's to build a website that implies Seth and Tad are in a secret relationship. Veronica and Carmen confront him with the site and the blackmail is presented. Leak her video and Veronica sends the website to every plebe in Annapolis. Well, I wish that this was the end of the case, Marshmallows, and that Tad licked his wounds all the way back to his corner, but you know he didn't because he's Tad. The next day at school, Carmen and Veronica are stopped by a group of guys who want to know whether Carmen wants to lick their popsicle. And Veronica realizes, to Carmen's horror, that Tad published the video. Anyway, later that day, Veronica finds a crying Carmen in the computer lab and gives her the opportunity to send the email with the secret love website that they built for Tad and Seth. And though tempted, Carmen deletes the email. Revenge, she says, isn't really her thing. But Veronica really wanted her to yeah. do it. She's like, no, really, consider it. And she's like, no, I'm just... And I'm like, oh, Carmen, you're such a better person. To be fair, she did put in a lot of work. <laughs> she did. <laughs> that was a lot of work. But that's okay, because Weevil's dishing out the punishment. See, we learned earlier in the episode that Weevil had a thing for Carmen in the eighth grade. And when the video is leaked, true to form Felix calls Carmen freaky and Weevil loses it, which we saw him do again with Felix when Felix spoke ill of Lily when they were in the restroom mm-hmm. uh, earlier in the season. And at school the next day, Veronica arrives early to find a naked Tad duct-taped to the flagpole with scum written on his chest. They have an exchange, more on that later, and Veronica decides that this is one guy she's not going to cut down. But she does rip off the bandage for the tattoo he's now had for a few days. And what was that questionable tattoo? An elaborate, I love mom tattoo. But instead of mom, it says Seth. (laughs) I think he was expecting it to say Carmen. I wonder if he knows it says Seth. I don't think he does yet. It's been a few days. I would feel like you'd want to check out what your tattoo looks like. Yeah, you're supposed to keep it bandaged. But no, that's exactly what I was thinking, too. I mean, it is on his back. It's not going to be like, hey, mom, can you check out what my tattoo says? There's a... Such a thing as mirrors. This is true, but that's kind of a hard thing to see. I have a tattoo in exactly that spot, and I never see it. Yeah, see? (laughs) So you never know. Anyway, that's our quote-unquote case. Not really our mystery du jour. Mystery solved. And you know, it's really really interesting, and I want to talk about this here just because there's not another place to talk about it, but I think the first time I watched this, I was kind of annoyed by the show for presenting this whole idea of that like being in a gay relationship is like something that should be like a scandal Mm -hmm. or something to be ashamed of that you would want to hide and I just think that it's such a bullshit thing and it's everywhere and it's like come on guys like don't reinforce this kind of mentality and then it wasn't actually until today 
when I was really watching this that it it's not really the show it's about Tad's character and it's choosing the one thing that Veronica and Carmen know would get him to flip right get him and it's his fear and so it's not necessarily the show doing it although it is kind of but the the motivation is more for identifying the one thing that would be heavy enough to make Tad flip Right. On not um, releasing the video of Carmen. Right. And this was only 14 years ago, but I think like the military's policies on homosexuals and enlisted mm -hmm. is a little different now than what it used to be. Mm -hmm. I think it was like that don't ask, don't tell thing. It was I, a legit thing. It was a legit for a long thing. Because that was like the whole Clinton presidency. That was his, that was the mentality of it. Right. And well, I mean, at, at this point, it was, it was Bush, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, it's not like he was going to be like, that's going to be one of my big things is to change that. <laughs> but yeah, so as far as the military piece is concerned, I mean, that, that was legitimate. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if that does get out, that could have caused complications for him. Yeah. So anyway, we can move on from this to the other <laughs> things that happened in the episode. Take it away. There were a bunch of things that happened. I split it out into three different sections. Okay. I'm not entirely sure which one to do first. Let's do Keith and Alicia. Okay. Or, as I like to call them, Alith? No. Kiali? No. My favorite is Akitha. How about we just call them Keith and Alicia? <laughs> Come on, they have to have a cool celebrity, you know, smashed up name. Do they? Yes, absolutely. So far, they're one of my favorite couples in the show. They are quite adorable. That is what I'm so pissed off about. Yeah, <sighs> amongst other things. Yeah, you don't know what I'm pissed off about. I was talking about more for my anger, yeah. <laughs> but continue. So Keith and Alicia are still a thing, and the what starts this whole little story arc is Veronica and Wallace are walking down the hallway, and Wallace just has this look on his face of just severe trauma. <laughs> why is and and why is Wallace the one always the one that has to watch their PDAs? Like you don't see Veronica having to witness it. It's always Wallace like coming to to school looking like he's been hit by a bus, and he's just like, I can't anymore. Well, Alicia has a house. This is true. They have a comfy. Yeah, versus the apartment, so it's probably much much better date time this at the is house. True. Although she does have two kids there. This is true. And one is not a teenager. That is also so. true. Um, or maybe she's just better at hiding it. Hiding um, her reactions and her trauma. Wallace wears gotcha. it on his sleeve. He is very way. transparent. <laughs> uh, and he actually says, I can't get that picture of you know our parents cuddling on the couch. It's yeah. burned. <laughs> Any idea what our parents do Mondays and Wednesdays from 6 to 10 that requires an overnight bag? As far as I'm concerned, they play bingo at the VFW. That's my story. I'm sticking with you. And I'm really glad that the, the truth of it isn't them playing bingo at the VFW. But <laughs> I mean, bingo's fun, though. Yeah. When was the last time you went to a VFW? Uh, never. I have very... But just bingo in general is right. fun. G bingo's... I have nothing against bingo. I don't have anything against VFWs either, except for the one I grew up in was just a bar. Mm. And so I spent a lot of time there with my dad. And uh, now that I'm not drinking anymore, um, it's got kind of a... A, a checkered history in my in my mind. Hmm. I did play a lot of shuffleboard there, though. I like shuffleboard. But now I can play it at the office. Mm -hmm. Later at Mars Investigations, um, Keith and Veronica are chatting about some stuff that we'll talk about here in one of the other sections. But then uh, Alicia shows up. Humming. Humming. Like, kind of like <laughs> dancing with her bag, swaying back and forth. Just 
stars in her eyes, very, hearts in her eyes. Very, very blissful. Mm. And both Keith and Alicia, or I guess Enrico and Erica, I think is the actress's name, um, do a fantastic job of that whole, you know, hearts in the eyes. Yes. And they just have that, that glow that of love about them. Yeah. Phase. Uh, they do a fantastic job. And, and, you know, Keith's always a little playful, but mm-hmm. I think he even more so in, in this episode because he's, you know, his world's a little brighter, his future a little lighter, mm-hmm. um, which makes me happy. I like seeing Keith happy. I know. I don't want to see him unhappy. Same. So Keith grabs his overnight bag, quote unquote, and they they head they, out. They head out. I think that's that's about all we see on them for now. But there is a little bit of a there's a reveal, I guess, from when Veronica and Logan are having a conversation. We'll talk more about those two in a moment as well. But Logan reveals that his father found something in the pa- paper yep. regarding. Veronica's parents. Mm -hmm. And this part's very vague. And and I don't even think Logan knows much about it. He just knows there was something in the paper. Although I'm a little, like, wouldn't Logan ask what was in the paper? Mm. Because he's like, because he says, you know, especially about what, you know, what's going on with your parents. And Veronica's like, what? What do you mean what's going on with your parents? Well, I'm confused how Aaron inferred so much from a pretty vague posting in the newspaper. Well... So let, let's just let's talk. Let's about continue. It so she finds the, the posting in the newspaper. Seeking Leanne Mars, please contact this number immediately. Legal proceedings have begun in your name. We don't know what this means. Um, Neither does she. Right. Nobody knows it. We we as the as the viewers and and she doesn't know what this means. So she calls her friendly neighborhood defense attorney, Mister Mister Cliff McCormick. And I love it because he's with Loretta Cancun. <laughs> Who we hear by name only in the first episode. The pilot. He's always representing the same people. <laughs> oh, man. She was a lot of fun. <laughs> he's like, sign your name. And she's like, uh, Die so Pig. Die Pig. And he's like, okay, now like a big girl. <laughs> I know what entrapment is. And he's like, this isn't entrapment. <laughs> Honestly, Loretta, I don't think you do. <laughs> He, and he's just so calm and smiling and trying to have this conversation with Veronica at the exact same time. If that's Tamara. <laughs> <laughs> you tell that bitch. <laughs> he's like, okay. Yeah, and then she just starts throwing shit. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, V, I got to go. <laughs> I got a thing going on. But anyway, Cliff does kind of shed some light as to what that means. And he, he kind of um, lists off a few things it could mean. But the mm-hmm. one that stands out is is divorce proceedings. Mm-hmm. Um, that, like this is how you could start like if somebody is MIA and mm-hmm. you need, abandonment yeah you need to divorce them this is the one of the steps you can take and just run an ad in the paper for seven days and give them ample opportunity essentially to you know come and take care of their stuff and if they don't then you know at that point they've abandonment they've they've abandoned the case as well in regards to how did Aaron know about this like so I I kind of assumed that Aaron would have known about because I think it was just like this is something that adults know about. This is kind of like mm. a common thing that like if an adult, another adult sees this in the newspaper, they know what that means. I mean, Aaron must have like really been pouring over. <laughs> I wonder if he like checks out the legal notice section every day to see if he's like stuck in something, right? Or he's like uh, making sure nobody's coming from. But then, doesn't he have lawyers to do that? I mean, he's trying to, you know, discover the world outside of Aaron Eccles yeah, right now. And maybe, maybe that means going through the classi- classifieds. <laughs> Reading all the town gossip. 
<laughs> well, you know, once you retire, you know, you need you got to stay busy. This is true. All right. So I suspend my belief, my disbelief, rather. Got it. And I will believe that somehow Aaron Eccles knew that that's specifically what that posting in the newspaper meant. Right. So what do we learn? So uh, Veronica is thinking that Keith posted this in the newspaper. Um and so, and then she also digs and finds out this is the sixth time this is run, this uh, ad has been run. Mm-hmm. So tomorrow's paper is going to be the seventh time, and that piece of the little plan there is going to be complete. Mm-hmm. So she actually calls the newspaper and tries to remove the ad before it runs. Um, she's almost successful too. She does the whole, you know, this is Keith Moore's assistant, kind of true. Uh, and they are ready to go for it, you know, but they just need a couple of pieces of information, including his account password, which he does not have. No. In this part, I'm a little disappointed in Veronica. She just, like, stops talking and hangs up the phone. She could have tried. Yeah. She'd be like, oh, well, Mr. Mars didn't tell me about that. Is it watermelon? He usually uses that one. No, sorry, it's not. Oh, well, let me get back to you. Mm. Instead of, I'm just going to stop talking now and hang up the phone. Yeah. I don't, it does it matter? No. no, but the things that bother me. So at this point, Veronica wants answers from Keith, and she's freaking out because Leanne's supposed to be coming out of rehab soon, mm-hmm. and she's doesn't want her to come home when and she has no place to go. And Keith is like, "Surprise! I'm filing for divorce." Right. And um, so she traces Keith's cell phone, and she's got a tracker on it, just like he's got a tracker on hers. Hey, we, it's now an app on your phone <laughs> by my friends. So they were just ahead of the curve. Right. Find my dad. And the uh, she traces him to the Dunes Hotel, which she's like, at least it wasn't the, uh, what's, what's that other hotel that, or that motel? The Camelot. The Camelot. That would have been kind of. <laughs> a little on the, a little too much. Right. So at least they go to the nice hotel. Yeah. And so she's thinking, God, they got a room, this overnight bag thing. And it's kind of ritzy. I mean, isn't this the same place? Where also they... twice a week. For, right. I mean, that's, that's, no I mean, wonder he's trying to get that work, bounty. She does work for Kane Software. This is true. Yeah. This Every, is true. Most, I think they, they pay really well there. Yeah, but she had to rent out their little shed to a creepy tenant for extra cash. Right. So... But I'm wondering if uh, they might have some kind of deal through Kane Industries, you know? Because but is- also they're not running a room. So let's <laughs> let's talk about what's actually happening here instead of this hypothetical world we're trying to create. Yeah, but isn't this where the where the Canes were and Leanne was in the same hotel? I can't remember. Yeah. There's a couple of fancy hotels in Neptune. Anyway, <laughs> she she discovers they're not renting a room, and she actually discovers they're there for ballroom dancing lessons. I know. And it's just so adorable, and they look so happy. They do. And at this point, and it, they're matching. Like he's got a lavender shirt on, and she has a dark purple dress. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, okay. And they're they're having so much fun. They're, so much fun. Yeah. And Veronica sees it, and she, at this point, you know, it must have been a little heartbreaking for her, but also mm-hmm. heartwarming for her to see her dad happy. And she she even says it. She's like, okay, he's happy. Yeah. And I feel like this is a huge thing for her, too, because where we started this season with Miss James, she was not about that. And that was just her counselor at school. Like, now her dad's dating her best friend's mom. Like, that's a little bit too too close. But I'm glad to see that she has matured a little bit. And especially because the situation is different now. Like, her mom is – she knows where her mom is. She knows her mom is coming home. I would expect her to fight more for this to not be a thing that's happening 
And so I, I'm surprised and glad to see that she's wanting to let her dad have this mm-hmm. and, and accept that like he's happy and that's great. Right. I feel like that shows a lot of growth on her part. Yeah, and also, I mean, there's other considerations too. Best friend's mom, this um, is true. and he's he's already expressed a lot of concern about his uh, Veronica's mom coming home and kind of Wallace, yeah. breaking them up, and and you know he wants to protect his mother. So yeah, I, it's multifaceted, and I, I, Veronica did the right thing. If she would have barged in there and God, that you know, been made so a scene, it would have been so terrible, and. I would I not like her, and that would have that would have created, a, I think, a, a rift between Keith and Veronica. That oh yeah, it would have been hundred percent. It would have taken a lot to per, to repair that. Yeah. So good job, Veronica. Um, next day or so, whatever. Um, Keith discovers the newspaper open on the desk to the ad, so he knows that Veronica has discovered. You know, the jig is up. Although at that point, it's run for seven days, so there's <laughs> not much you can do at that point. Nope. Uh, but I mean, he doesn't even say like. This doesn't necessarily mean I'm divorcing your mother. It's just if I want to move on, I need to position myself in a place where I can. Uh, he hasn't. I don't think he's made the decision yet necessarily, yeah. but he's got to. He's got to set everything up. So yeah. if he does make the decision, you know these boxes have already been checked off. And right. And we have to remember too that in Keith's world right now, he has no idea where Leanne mm-hmm. is. He doesn't know that Veronica has put her under rehab. He doesn't know that she's trying to get better and that she'll be coming home. He still thinks she's out there. He has no idea where she is. Right. And so while Veronica's moving on or being able to process stuff as it relates to her mom, Keith, as it relates to his wife, it's been a year and a half. And Maybe so a little bit less. Another question I have, though, do you think that, I mean, you know, but <laughs> do you think, if does Keith know why Leanne left? Does he does he know more than he's letting on? And this we'll is, find out. This is more me pontificating. So yep. we'll find out. <laughs> um, and so at the very end of the episode, uh, this is the heartbreaking part. Oh, yeah. Alicia's actually, there. she's at work at Kane Software, and she's on the phone with Keith. Trying, We're having dinner. Yeah, trying to decide on, on dinner Chicken plans. or fish. <laughs> And so she's called into a conference room for a meeting, and it, she walks in there, and it's just Mr. Clarence Weedman sitting, sitting in the dark, sitting there in the dark. But at least he doesn't have his hat on. Right. <laughs> if he had his hat on, I'd be like, "Come on." Yeah. So he's he's hanging out in there, very noiry, noir esque, mm-hmm. and basically just asks her to stop seeing Keith. He says, uh, "You know." Keith's got a grudge against the Kane family, and you dating him is not in your best interest as an employee for mm-hmm. Kane Software. And she's incensed. She's pissed. She's yeah. like, what do you mean? Also, who, you have no right to tell me what I can do in my personal right. life. Who the hell do you think you are? Exactly. You know, I am a model employee, mm-hmm. and I, yeah, fuck off. And then he interrupts her, and he's holding up a bug that oh, he found yeah. in a houseplant. Yep. <sighs> so... It's the bug that Veronica planted when she learned about Abel Koontz's daughter. Right. And so at this point, I'm starting to think, was the information that she gathered from that bug, does that balance the weight of the consequence at this point? Because the consequence now is that they know who dropped the plant off, which is Wallace Fennell, Alicia's son. Mm -hmm. So that puts her in a really sticky situation. She needs to protect her son. And and also I'm thinking, like, there's a way they, you know, talk to the Marses. <laughs> we can weasel our way out of this one. Mm-hmm. Wallace didn't know. Right. Right. Uh, I mean, 
Veronica doesn't just ask for casual favors. Like, I just really want to send your mom a house plant or this random guy at your mom's company a house plant. Clarence, like, Clarence Weedman doesn't necessarily know that. But I'm saying that that Weevil or not Weevil. I'm saying that Wallace didn't know specifically, but he knew so- that he was doing something that wasn't right. I- I'm just saying there. There would probably have been some sort of defense. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But against the Kane lawyers. Against the Kane lawyers, probably not. Yeah. So anyway, Alicia's in a pretty sticky situation, and I'm I'm scared. I am scared. And are you M-A-D? I'm a little M-A-D. Yeah. That that Rob Thomas is breaking up Akitha. (laughs) Or Keith and Alicia. (laughs) It's Akitha. It's Maybe not. they'll they'll have children one day, and their first daughter will be named Akitha. God, I really, I really hope not, <laughs> for the daughter's sake. I mean, I've heard I've heard worse. I don't think it's bad. I think it's I I, I, I think, think I like it because I'm the one who came up with it. Right. I don't think it's a bad name, but I think it's weird to be a child and then have a mashup of your parents' names. That's it's a little narcissistic. It's yeah. also a little into the like naming your child after yourself thirds and fourths and such continue all right so that's uh, basically the end of the story uh, for, for for keith for and alicia, keith and alicia. <laughs> uh what do we want to get into next let's do duncan all right duncan hunt 2005 <laughs> <laughs> the uh the hunt is on the hunt is on yeah, so Towards the beginning of the episode, Veronica walks in to Kane Investigations, and Keith's sitting there, just grinning, feet propped up, just staring at his laptop hungrily, mm-hmm. and he's excited. He is. It, the Canes have put up a fifty thousand dollar reward to find Duncan. Not even find, just information on. Right, and he's just giddy. He's like, "This is so." The irony this is low hanging fruit. <laughs> uh, and. No, Keith thinks this is going to be a piece of cake. Money for nothing. That's your first two years right there. Might not be as easy as you think. Come on, honey. Duncan Kane, a sheltered ridge kid who has maids fold his underwear, I think I'll be able to track him down. I'm only worried about beating the other pros. Yeah, he's a big fish in a very small barrel. I also love when he says, how do you think the Canes will feel about sending my child to college? (laughs) On money from finding their child, <laughs> essentially. And she's like, uh, well, about that. Yeah. And so she's not so sure that it's, he is mm-hmm. going to be such a big fish in a small barrel. Because I love it. She's like, you know that entertainment lawyer you've been trying to find for a year? <laughs> yeah. I kind of, well, he kind of knows all the tricks now. <laughs> Sorry. And you see, as she's listing them all, yeah, it's like, Keith smiles just like dropping. <laughs> use cash. Don't use credit cards. He's don't like, use your fuck. own car. And the whole thing, she's like, and about yeah, the passports off eBay. Passports off eBay, and, and he's it, like, oh, all right, okay, well. <laughs> so, and she's like, but bright side is that none of the other people know that he knows this, right? So you can, you know, skip the low hanging fruits and go straight for the the big guns. It's true. Like, get a head start. What, what's the other guy's name in town? Uh, Vinny Van Lo. Yeah, he's oh probably going to be going for all the simple oh, stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. And so while he's wasting time doing that, it's true. Uh, Keith does have kind of a. Leg up. Kind of a leg up on it. It's got the edge. Uh, and then she, as she's trying to reassure him. It's like, no worry. With your resources and, and know-how and my <laughs> can-do attitude. She's like, we can do this. Yeah. That's such a great quote, too. She's like, my can-do attitude. 
Yeah, and also she knows somebody. Team project. eBay. I got I got somebody on the eBay angle, you know, because she knows Mac, who knows computers, so that means she knows everything about computers, like hacking into. In two thousand five, computers were different. Right, especially in California. Exactly. And in in eBay, you know, wasn't wasn't that big back then at all. No, Mm-mm. it was only one of the biggest websites on the internet in two thousand five. Mm-hmm. Um. And probably had the some of the best security there too. Anyway, um, so she's going to recruit Mac to research the passports, obviously, um, and then she finds out that Weevil actually has some info as well. Um, she takes her car to Weevil's uncle's uh, junkyard lo- shop. lot. <laughs> yeah, chop shop. What, what's the? It's got a legitimate business behind it as well. Sure. Um, it's an auto shop. Right. Kind of. I would say it's it's, it's an, a garage. It's an all-purpose, an all-purpose auto. Uh, they do all the things. All the things, and they apparently they change alternators, so mm-hmm. that's the important part. That's what she needs. She needs an alternator, and he has some information for her. And I really like this scene um, because he kind of assuages some of our fears about him being the killer. Because the end of the last episode, does he? He, I feel better about it. But okay. at the end of the last episode, it was doom and gloom, and it was like, oh shit, don't do this to me, Weevil. Just don't do this to me. What about your moral compass? Right. But, your honor code. <laughs> um, Wouldn't that be great if this whole time I've been like, yeah, Weevils are the best, I'm just leading you astray? That would be great because I am, I am very impressionable, and so that wouldn't have been hard to do. Yeah, I've been misdirecting you on a lot of people, <laughs> so I'm quite excited about right. this. Yeah, at the end of the day, Troy was actually the best character in the entire show, but my my lenses were just skewed. You just couldn't see how perfect he was. (laughs) He was really just such a catch. Right. (laughs) She was so lucky. Absolutely. I mean, he was uh, entrepreneurial. Mm. He had that going for him. Yeah, let's move on from Troy. (laughs) So what is Weevil? So Weevil has some information, um, but of course for a cut of the the finder's fee. 10%. She's like, 10%. You're funny. Yeah. And what she mean? She lands on eight. Yeah. Which is still. And a free alternator. Yeah. Still and you throw in that alternator. If it pans out. Right. And you throw in an alternator. Yep. And, you know, no handshake or anything. Um, but the information he has is that Duncan picked up a, a 69 Impala from his uncle's buddy or whatever for 800 bucks just cash. a couple of weeks ago. Cash, obviously. I mean, do they take anything other than cash? I don't know. I didn't see the sign that says Visa, MasterCard accepted. Sorry, no American Express. Yeah. And she did get the license plate, too. Yes. Which is important. No, she just got 69 Impala, and they were like, oh, yeah. Good luck. (laughs) How many of them could have been around? I don't know. Um, So one of Keith's many contacts actually locates the Impala in Tijuana. Tijuana. And so he actually tracks the car down. Uh, he, He tracks it all the way down to a hotel in Tijuana, and... Knocks on the door. I love his his little impression. And he just walks in, actually. Like, Housekeeping? Yeah. No, room service. Room service! Uh, you know, because that hotel definitely has room service. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and he walks in. It's more and, a motel. And he's already talking to, to Duncan as he walks in the door and finds oh. a woman in the bed. And, she's, <laughs> and he's like, Duncan, <laughs> what have you been up to? Yeah, this isn't really your MO, is it? Yeah. And I didn't know this about you. And then a, a, a police officer walks out and... Get, putting his, his shirt on, getting dressed. Uh, obviously, not Duncan. Um, obviously. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe he really doesn't know what Duncan's into. Like, there still could have been a third person there. This is true. <laughs> um, you know, he's on the run from the law. Might as well. You know, Maybe he's like, fuck it. Hmm. Literally. 
Uh, and so, but he he thinks he's got the drop on Duncan. Obviously, he does not. And so he he calls Veronica to let her, let her know the news. It's a bust, sweetie. The car was abandoned outside the bus station. A case of beer in the seat and a sign in Spanish saying free car. A decoy. Maybe Duncan's smarter than I was given credit. And I really, this is just another way that the, sto- that the show portrays police. Like, they're insinuating here that Duncan had a car parked at the bus station with a sign that said free, free car. However you say that in Spanish. Uh, auto gratis. Carro gratis? I don't know. I sound kind of Italian there, don't I? Uh, and a police officer took it. Like, was it impounded? Or did he just like, oh, free car. So. I don't know. <laughs> it's just the way they portray the police in the show in general, except for Leo, is crooked. Well, I mean, we don't know that the police guy necessarily took it. If he just like, oh no, it's been there, and then he goes back, and maybe he, yeah, you know, he the, he finds out from somebody. But the idea was he was driving it, maybe, because he probably went to the the office and said, "Where's the room for the person who owns that car?" Oh. And that's how he found the room. Maybe, yeah, the, unless it was her. Either way, the police officer is involved, <laughs> <laughs> one way or another. Okay, uh, Mac does find out some information. Um, she finds that there was an Argentinian passport that was purchased on eBay and shipped to the airport Marriott there in the Neptune area. I guess Neptune Airport? Sure. Sure. I'm sure they have one with all, all, all the rich rich people. And so that's another lead. And Matt come, pops in. She wants a cut as well. 10%. <laughs> she's like, eight, 10? She's like, and she like snaps a $10 <laughs> bill and she's like, you drive a hard bargain. <laughs> I meant percent. Um, so I do want to pause for a second there and let's do some math. Oh no! So we got fifty thousand uh-huh. dollars, right? Weevil demands eight mm-hmm. percent, so that's four grand. Mm-hmm. Mac demands eight percent plus mm-hmm. the ten dollars, so that's four thousand ten dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, a trip to Argentina? How do you think that costs? How much that costs? Well, they're not necessarily going to Argentina. They're we don't looking... know that yet. But we don't know it for sure either. But that's kind of what Keith does. He hops on an airplane. It's and... just an Argentinian's passport. No, they actually because he actually says to Argentina or whatever. I would. I got. He was I, saying the guy's name. Argentinian. Uh, I picked up that they were going to Argentina. No. So let's say that's it's about, just an Argentinian guy's say passport. Say that's about five hundred dollars. Okay. I don't know. Fifty thousand dollars is dwindling quickly. It that's de- okay. It's still going to be a shit ton afterwards. I like when he, uh, at one point in the episode, I don't. I think they're at home. Oh yeah, because he's rushing out to do to meet Alicia again, and Veronica is like cooking dinner or something, and he says something didn't pan out. Whatever information that Veronica had given him, and he was like. Oh no no no! I have somebody looking into the car in Tijuana or whatever, and he's like, "Yay, old baby!" And he like rushes out the door. <laughs> he's so excited. I mean, even if they get thirty thousand out of it, that's still a shit ton of money. Yeah, and he doesn't know that her bank account's drained. No, but he—that's still. I mean, estate school. That's still good money. Right. Oh no no! So, it it yeah. absolutely is good money. I'm just. It just occurred to me that he doesn't know yeah, that she yeah, doesn't he has have college no money. Idea. Yeah. Stressing me out. Yeah. <sighs> Veronica, how are you going to go to college? Student loans, and then you're going to spend the rest of your life trying to pay them back. Yep. Awesome. Welcome to adulthood. So that's pretty much all we find out about the Duncan situation mm-hmm. at this point. Um, definitely got some leads. Um, we're pretty sure he's in Latin America somewhere. We know or he's not Latin America likely America. in America. Right. He's in Canada. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? He'd fit in really well up there, I think. Yeah, yeah I think so. 
Um, I also noticed there's a teacher in this episode named Miss Dunn. She's the one. Yeah, the like biology science teacher, or right? Mm-hmm. Kind of spacey hippie looking type. Uh-huh. Um, I, it just kind of clicked. Like Dunn, that's Teddy Dunn's last name. <laughs> Is that his mom? And it no, that that didn't pan out. That's why I am not a private investigator. But I do love that Veronica uses the excuse of like I, I volunteer to sort the recycling after lunch. Like play to the strengths here. The teacher's like, oh, good for you. Yes, you can leave class early. Yeah. I mean, I also feel like as a teacher, if you had come up and told me like I'm trying to work this angle to figure out my friend's boyfriend is blackmailing her to be with him, and he's kind of a scumbag, and I'm trying to catch him, can I be excused early? I'd be like, yeah. There's too many questions. Go ahead. That, there are too many questions that could arise from no, that. No, I though. would absolutely allow her. Yeah, like, you would yeah, just. Al- but I mean, as a teacher, you'd probably want to intervene and no. maybe. It's Veronica Mars. She's more capable than I am. I know that as a teacher at Neptune High. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd say, okay, be safe, and let her do whatever she wants to do. Yeah, and she she uses kind of an angle on on Mr. Uh, what's the the study hall teacher's name? Mr. Study Hall. Yeah, Study Hall guy. And she walked, he's a dude, so she walks in and says, I got, you know, excused from gym because of lady issues. Lady issues. So he's, he's like, not going to ask any questions on that. Oh, no. <laughs> it's real nice. I got out of PE a couple of times for that. Right. Legitimately? Or? Oh, just using the excuse. Right. Because they don't, they're like, oh, God. Like, <laughs> I'd let's not talk about it. Leave. Get out of here. And yet, weirdly, they're the ones teaching me about your bodies class. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, let's move on to Logan and Veronica. All right, that's what you've been waiting for. It's what everybody's been waiting for. A little bit. Although this one, I'm a little upset about this one too. Okay, but let's start where it. Let's begin where it begins. We're going to begin like where it begins. Hot and heavy. Well, in where the it begins. Bathroom. That's not where it begins. Well, the begin is the very beginning of the episode this is true. when she's working on the labor. We just skip to the making out. Nah, in the bathroom we're going to get there. Okay. So. Uh, she's working on her broken car in the middle yep. of the parking lot that's apparently holding up traffic, and she's pissing everybody off. Yeah. Uh, if, if it's an alternator issue, what she did there I don't think would fix Let's the alternator. Let's just move forward, <laughs> no, though. No, no, no. Let's move forward. No. We don't have to talk about cars. Yes. Let's talk about what happens with Logan. So anyway, everybody's giving her giving her shit, even Dick and Beaver. His name's Beaver? His name's Cassidy. Yeah, but they call him Beaver? But they call him Beaver. Why? You'll find out. <sighs> I'm bothered. You'll find out. Let's just keep moving okay. forward. I think she's rushing me, y'all. No. I'm just saying you'll mo- we'll find out. <laughs> anyway, they're giving her shit um, in the same way that the O-Niners have always kind of given her shit. Uh, but Logan defends her. Not in so much that he's going there, guys, how dare you talk about her that way? But he's yeah. more like, come on, guys. And, and are you going to do the quote from her? Like, yeah, come on, guys. I've heard it before. Where it's like, how can you put it up on Cinderblocks when there's not a yard to put it in? <laughs> That whole, you should do that quip is so good. All right. Because she's just like, she's just going with it. And they share. And like he gives this, he gives this like proud, delighted smile. And she gives him kind of the secret <laughs> smile back. And so it's, the even their banter is kind of different now because their dynamic has changed. Right. She's been playful with their banter previously, but it's it's different now. Well, I mean, they've both been kind of playful with their banter, but it was a little more vindictive before. Yes. And now it's lighthearted and mm-hmm. a little loving. A little bit. Mm-hmm. So Also, Dick's got to be a total imbecile, which I'm not ruling out to not. I mean, they're, they're so obvious. Yeah, but he's so oblivious. He I think is. that's kind of his thing. He is very oblivious. 
I also think it's really weird that like he's so cool but hangs out with his younger brother. Oh, is that who that is? Is this? Y- yeah. Oh God, it makes it even worse. Yeah. Okay. The beaver thing bothers me. Well, can well, <laughs> it in coming episodes you'll learn more about. Beaver. I'm assuming season two. Well, he's the next episode's called Leave It to Beaver. Oh, gotcha. So, we got some things coming. So up. he's the one who killed Lily Kane. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to introduce him second to last episode. By the way, this random dude that you've just now met for the first time. I mean, nobody saw it coming. It was actually the gardener. Yeah. So the pool boy. Which was actually... Uh, Beaver. In a mustache. In a mustache. <laughs> a hat and sunglasses. A bucket hat. Yeah, he borrowed uh, Vinnie Van Lowe's mustache. Exactly. Uh, so next scene... It's Logan and I almost said Logan and Duncan making out in the bathroom. <laughs> that would have been real interesting. Veronica would have been like, I found him. <laughs> I'll check, please. Uh, Logan and Veronica making out in her office. AKA. The women's restroom. Yep. And he's saying, well, I got to go. And he's, no, it's okay. You know, it's the women's bathroom. But I blockaded the door. And put an out of order outside. I, I, so... Was it and putting out an order sign? Yeah. Or I blockaded the door by putting an out of order sign? I don't know. I don't really pay attention that much. Because it didn't seem like when she went to open the door, it didn't seem blockaded. She just opened the door. So it wasn't blockaded. They just put a sign up that said out of order. Maybe. And I'm thinking uh, all the people in the school who know that it's not out of order, you know, teachers, janitors, stuff like that, um, would walk right in. (laughs) Maybe. I don't think she's super concerned about... Well, I think te- class is also in session. Right. She's also not worried about teachers finding them. Like no. she's not concerned about the teachers. It's no. the other students that she's worried about. Yeah. Because and she actually says she, you know, Duncan's going to come back eventually. And she doesn't want him to find out about this from someone else. From someone else from gossip. Right. Uh I mean, it, but how long he stays away? Mm. Well, and that all that's something else that I thought of too. It's like she doesn't think he's going to be gone long. Like, I don't think she thinks he has it in him to truly run away. If he thinks he killed his sister? Yeah, but she seems kind of... Um, cavalier isn't the word, but she's... She's just distracted. She is distracted, but she doesn't seem too super concerned about Duncan whatsoever. She might not be super convinced yet. There's still... Because I think in her mind, there's still... There's still pieces that don't fit. There's still people to be questioned. There's still, you know, there's the whole Weevil thing. I think that there's nothing is incredibly concrete. She still has to find out more information. It's true, but I, I would think it would weigh a little heavier on her that he's missing the way he is. Maybe. Yeah. But she's also distracted and making out with Logan yeah. in the bathroom. She is very distracted. And she they do a really good job with that whole love thing, too, with that, that glow about them. Mm. The same one that, that Keith and... And Alicia have. Yeah. I love, and I love Logan. He's just so much more bearable when he's with Veronica. We'll talk about that more in a second, actually. He's just, he's funny. He's like a puppy. (laughs) Like, he's not an asshole. He's just like a delightful person. Mm -hmm. This is the Logan that I'm assuming the entire fan base has fallen in love with, not the... Not the first six episodes, Logan, but mm. you know, they're like the bad boy, too, I guess. Anyway. Let's continue. Yeah, let's not get into that. Let's not. Um, 
Next scene, making out again, but this time at the Eccles house. That was great. And, you know, <clears throat> to be a teenager, you can't even make it through the door, you know, without, yeah, they're all over each other and mm-hmm. they make it to the couch and everything. Well, and they know that no, he's like, nobody's home. Right. And then, wrong, Aaron walks in. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was great. He was like, oh, Hey! And Aaron has no idea how to handle this situation. He's Not like, whoa, all. I have to be a dad right now. I was about to say, I was like, I'm sure he's never actually had to father, because he's probably never home, right. you know? And so to actually father in regard, it was usually probably Lynn who took care of this kind of situation. If if even. If even, yeah. So he is very awkwardly like, oh, shit, what do I... Well, I'll just put this swordfish in the fridge and leave you. Right. There's some blue chips if you want that. <laughs> I'm like, no dip? You're not going to offer him any dip? <laughs> yeah. Just the chips? I like blue corn chips, but you got to have some hummus or something. Mm. And so also what I was thinking here is like, so he's backing away from the situation. Uh-huh. And he's like, all right, you two kids have fun. So the the only reason a parent would do that is, for one, either they really trust their child to make good decisions, which I don't think is the case here. Nope. Um, or two, being the cool father and not wanting to get involved. And I also think it's really funny that Logan is, like, mortified. He's like, did I just get caught by my father? And I'm like, since when do you care what your dad thinks? I mean, I think this is, like, the first time in his life he's had, like, an average teenager experience. I do feel like their dynamic is shifting a lot more since his mother's death. Like, I think that, you know, his dad's – he's seen the proof of the promise that his dad has given up acting. Mm -hmm. Like, he's at home more. He's making food. He's – Beating up Trina's boyfriend. Uh, but <laughs> I think no, that was kind of a turning point for yeah, him. He's doing, um, you know, hobbies. He built an urn for Lynn's ashes, a.k.a. seawater. <laughs> Filled it with water, an idiot. But anyway, I think that he's finally kind of seen, probably more than he ever has, his dad making an honest attempt mm-hmm. to be a dad. And so, yeah, I do feel like that mortification is probably a new thing for him. Mm-hmm. Because before, I doubt he would have cared what his dad thought. Right. And I, like that mortification, I almost saw it kind of as a positive thing. Yeah. Because, for one, I think every teenager has to go through that kind of embarrassment at least once in their life. Um, it builds character. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I think it was more of a, I have a dad. Yeah. That, and he never, he hasn't ever felt that in his life. And he's starting to feel that, just like you said. So I thought it was a little touching. And mm-hmm. especially with it being Father's Day weekend and everything. It's Father's, Father's Day. Day today. Today is Father's Day. So, happy Father's Day, Mac. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, makeout session, blah, 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 blah. So, Veronica's embarrassed, and she... Yeah, she I, is. I have, so, I have lipstick on my teeth. And I think she just needed to get remove herself from the like situation. Like, some water on yeah. her face. <laughs> she just had to... You know, she was she wasn't running away exactly, but she just had to get away from it for a minute. Step let the, out of it. Let the awkwardness die down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But while she's in there, guess who shows up? Dick and the Beave. Dick and Beaver. <sighs> right. And Logan's just. I've been in that situation too. Friends show up that you're not ready. You do not want to entertain friends. No. And they just have no boundaries and just knock, walk in the door and sit on the couch like, all right, what's up, guys? Yeah. Um, and, but I mean, given their dynamic in the past, that's just what they did. And it's not like they're expecting him to have a girl or anything, so. Right. And if they were, the thing is, so they see Veronica's bag and they're like, do you have a chick here? And if he, if he 
did have a girl there, they weren't thinking that it was some kind of actual emotional attachment type right. thing. It was some girl he picked up that he's, you know, being having casual sex with or right. something. And Logan does a really good job at playing that off. He's yeah. like, no, that's Trina's. Like, you know, no no delay whatsoever. Which also, that, that kind of speaks to his character that he can lie so easily. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so easily and so convincingly. Well, uh, at the same time, too... Dick doesn't strike me as someone who's hard to fool. Right. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. He's like, what? No, that's actually a piece of furniture, Dick. He'd be like, oh, that's cool. I want one, too. Where'd you get it? <laughs> I imagine Dick just wants to be Logan. I mean, what did the Casablancas family, where's, where does their money come from? Real estate. Okay. Yeah, not... His dad's a real estate like developer, mogul. So, yeah, be an Aaron... Dick Ec- Sr. <laughs> Dick's a junior. God damn it, more dicks. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's big dick and little dick. Oh man! And uh, is his mom named Virginia? I hope not. No. <laughs> is it something worse? No, you know his mom's name. I don't remember. It was in the Christmas episode. I remember her. It's like Bettina or something weird. <laughs> I remember her name coming up. Cause... Sabrina. No, not Sabrina. What's, anyway, what's his continue. little sister's name? Who's little sister? The Casablanca. Dick didn't Dick have a little sister? Mm, he has a brother. Cassidy. Oh. <laughs> Never mind. Sinclair has, Madison Sinclair has the younger. I thought Cassidy was a girl's name. No. So, never mind. Cassidy's a boy. Sorry for any Cassidy's out there. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, we're slowly just like dwindling our fan base just by uh, insulting, insulting all the names. All the, names. <laughs> all the Akifas are gone. All you Johns out there, I tell you. Anyway. <laughs> um, shit, where was I? So, the bag. Right, so they show up at the house, Trina's. and so Aaron. Aaron sees what's going on, and he—it's obvious that he lo- sees Veronica hiding. Right, because she comes out of the bathroom, and then she's like, "Oh shit!" and like disappears back around the corner, and he sees it all. Right, and he's and- so intuitive <laughs> that Aaron Eccles. Well, more so than than Dick and the Beave, for sure. Uh, and I don't know, Beaver, Beaver strikes me as smarter than Dick. Well, but he's trying to be cool like him, so he might be playing dumb. Right. Anyway, I, I can't get over this. I, I, I'm looking forward so much to the next episode just so I can figure out what is going on with those two. Okay. Um, and I've heard a lot, a lot about Dick. Um, in, For him not actually being in the show that often. Right. He comes into it more in the second, definitely in the third, and then in the movies he's everywhere. Got it. And in, it looks like in the new season he's everywhere too. They just released the full trailer and it's intense. I'm looking forward to watching it in two to three weeks. <laughs> Anyway, so Aaron swoops in. He knows what's going on. He sees he he sees the writing on the wall. I guess mm-hmm. you could say, and so he swoops in and he's super dad for all of, all of a sudden. He's going in and he's protecting Logan. And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I think Trina wanted me to bring that bag to her." Mm-hmm. And and, Lo- and you see the the like that thankful look where he's like, "Oh, oh okay, cool, thanks." Right. But Logan tries to tries to bail too. <laughs> oh, like I'll, I'll, I'll come with you. No way, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so so you didn't skip us ditches for the waves. Yeah, and so anyway, Aaron takes takes uh, Veronica's purse back to him. But while that's happening, Dick starts go- launching into the weekend plans, which is we're going down to Mexico. There's these cheerleaders that are going to be down there uh, at a resort, so it's going to be waves, beers, and hot che- or impressionable cheerleaders or some shit like right. that. Right. And so Veronica's hearing all this. Her would-be boyfriend sitting in in the living room yeah. making plans with Dick Casablancas to go hit on cheerleaders in Mexico. Hit on. 
I think I could just hit on that. Well, you've got to start with the somewhere. hitting on. Yeah. <laughs> got to start somewhere. And Aaron comes up, brings her her purse, and said he's really cool about it. And he's like, hey, looks like Logan's kind of held up for a little bit. You need a ride? And then they have this really awkward ride home. So awkward. It's <laughs> incredible. I love it so much. But I think they they did a really good job at like, – I wish that – when I when I was in high school, I definitely had that car ride with the girlfriend's parent, uh-huh. and it's awkward as hell. Um, once I was when I was in band, when I was on the loading crew, because that's the kind of stuff I did. I rode back to the band hall from the football field in the load the uh, the truck with all the equipment, and so I was in the passenger seat, and my girlfriend's dad was driving, mm-hmm. and that was the most that was the longest ten minute ride of my life. <laughs> I love it. But, you know, it, we didn't break the ice. There wasn't none of this. Uh, so how are you? Oh, uncomfortable, <laughs> embarrassed. Because, um, you know, when they start talking, it lightens up a little bit. Some of the pressure comes off. It's yeah. still awkward as hell. But, you know, they actually have a good conversation between yeah, two I human would agree. beings. Yeah. And it really puts Aaron in a better, like, Aaron's getting... Put and pushed into a better light in this last episode and this episode. Yeah. Last episode a little more psychotically. Um, <laughs> right. This episode a little more parentally. But he came, it came from a good place, right. maybe, questionably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he's concerned. Like, he asks, like, how is, how is Logan doing? Because obviously, you know, him and Logan aren't talking about that. Anytime he tries to talk about that, Logan's walls go up. He gets kind of quippy and defensive. And, and so Veronica more likely has a better pulse on how logan is doing with everything right and they even share a little a moment and he's like yeah since lily died he's been a little more and she's like difficult and they both like this knowing like yeah that's the word that's i would use for exactly that exactly the word i would use to describe <laughs> logan in general yeah so you know there's this little kind of bonding moment between yeah aaron and, and veronica and and then he he says and this is what i mentioned before that uh he said i i like what i see in Logan when he's with you. Yeah. What have you seen? Did they making out on the couch? The, no. the last time he saw them together, like... Was when they showed up and he was beating up Dylan casually with a belt. And he's like, oh, hey, you guys want some barbecue? I just finished cooking it. I guess, well, there's that, which also point in my but favor I imagine, there. I imagine that there's a lot of... I think... What could be there is a lot of reference to history, too. Mm-hmm. Like, he knows that Veronica is a friend of Logan's. He knows that Veronica was best friends with Lily, that all of them used to be tied and be friends. So it could be a thing of, like, recalling how he used to be with that friend group. Like, I know you're a positive influence on him. I know you're a good person. Um, so it could it could be that. He could notice a change in Logan. Yeah, maybe recently Logan's and, been... I mean, even just then, like with with Dick and Beaver, you know, being like, oh, yeah, no, I'm I'm going to go and, and go this way. I don't know. I just... And, yeah. That's a good point. Like, just his interaction with Dick and Beaver right there. And yeah. he just noticed that it he wasn't kind of playing along with this, you know, the, the normal business as usual. Yeah. There, there's, there's something different. Like, he's he's willing to not go do bro things with his bros Mm -hmm. and and i don't know too how much aaron knows about logan's investigation into his mom Mm -hmm. and how veronica helped him i don't know if i'd say zero oh okay because i was like if he knows any of that he might have known that they were spending a lot of time together Mm -hmm. if he's heard him in passing or talking um and so he could just know that he's been spending a lot of time with veronica right 
Because so, I'm sure Trina said, Trina probably mentioned something, picked him up from the dance. He was with Veronica. That's Saw him true. at the hotel. He was with Veronica. That's true. So we don't know where he's pulling all this stuff from, but it is it is a true statement. Gotcha. Logan is a very different person around Veronica. He literally went from like a dick to like boyfriend material right. real fast. <laughs> And I, I'm there. I'm here for it. I'm not gonna lie. All right, you've convinced me. I'm Team Logan. So, towards the end of the episode, he surprises her at school with her car. Whatever. Don't need to go into detail Logan. about that. Logan. Does. Yes. And so she actually brings up like, so Mexico, huh? That's that's what you're gonna do. And he's like, no, I'm actually, I don't think I'm gonna do that. I think I'm gonna be busy. And actually asks her out on a, on a legitimate date. Yeah. I do love her line, though, of, like, you can get impressionable cheerleaders domestically. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to be sticking around town. She's like, what? It's <laughs> uh, a great line. And I, I, that was her defense going up. Oh, yeah. She's trying to she's trying to not not she, be vulnerable. She, so he wants to take her on a legitimate date. Yeah. And they're going to go to Catalina. Catalina Island, which is, you know, not their stomping ground. So they can have a date, have a date in, be public, in public. Right. Which is huge. Mm hmm. And so, but they're going to take dad's boat out. And, Fancy. Yeah. And which is, she's very excited about. They're going to ditch school on a Friday. Yep. Which, which is why she goes to school early to turn in a book report. What a nerd. <laughs> but when she does, when she gets there, and this is something you alluded to earlier, she finds Tad, Tad taped, to, taped the pole. to the flagpole, which was fantastic. Uh, <laughs> the uh, worst things could have, should have happened to that guy, but that one's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and she does decide to leave him taped to the flagpole. Oh, yeah. But she does get some information out of him. And um, I guess this is something that you didn't mention. Yeah, I'll I'll set it up. So they, in, in Carmen's video, at the very end, Veronica, after Carmen walks away, d- deciding not to send the video of, or the, the link to the website for Tad and, and Seth, Veronica sees two, like, freshmen watching the video on the computer lab computer. So she walks over to these two young guys and kicks them out of their seats. And as she's watching the video, it's like seeing it all of a sudden full resolution or big picture. Something clicks for her. And she realizes that these lanterns that are hanging up in the background around the pool are from the party from the very beginning where we learn that she was raped. Right. And she woke up and she doesn't remember that night. And Carmen is adamant that she doesn't remember ever making the video. So Veronica even has Mac take, she has to get Mac to help her find the timestamp on the video, which I was like, properties, anyone can do it, (laughs) but it's fine. But it confirms that the video is from that night of Shelly Pomeroy's party. And so Veronica, when Tad's tied to the pole, she asks him. She asks him, where did you get the roof and all? Mm-hmm. Roof and all? Is that what you're using? Sure. I'm glad that I don't know the, <laughs> what that's really called. Yeah. Basically, where'd you get the roofies? Mm-hmm. Um, and she's able to pry out of him that it's not, it wasn't roofies, it was GHP. GHP. B. Um, don't know what that is either. It's basically the same thing. It's like a drug. Gotcha. I, I gathered. Yeah. I gathered it was some kind of date rape drug or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and he admits that he got it from Logan. Ah. <sighs> So our story closes, the episode closes, with poor Logan just hanging out on his dad's boat. Popping a bottle of champagne by himself and drinking away his misery because Veronica did Doesn't not show, show up. <sighs> wah, wah, wah. And so timestamp on this. So this was... So literally the love boat does not set sail. Right. <laughs> it stays in the port. 
And so this was the slip, this was will. a year and a half ago. So this was shortly after Lily died, right? It was a couple months. It was long enough that the entire O Niners had ostracized her for her father. Right. She her father's probably been run out of office because remember she goes to report the rape the next day and mm-hmm. it's Lamb who takes it and is like, Why don't you ask the wizard for some courage? Right. And I'm just wondering where Logan was, like in his mind. Where where was Logan's mind at this time? Like I bet he was just fucked up twenty four seven. We'll probably find out in the next episode. <laughs> because that's basically like that's that's the mystery du jour for the next episode right. is her chasing down what the hell happened a year and a half ago. Right. Awesome. Oh, actually, the next episode isn't called Leave it to Beaver. The next episode is called A Trip to the Dentist. I was wondering, because, yeah. like, what does Beaver have to do with this? Yeah, no, the next episode is called A Trip to the Dentist. The season finale is called Leave it to Beaver. Got it. I told you Beaver did it. Yeah. Yeah. The guy we just met in, yep. in episode 20. Yep. <laughs> All right, so what was your favorite part? My favorite part was the Cliff McCormick, Loretta Cancun part. (laughs) It was, that ties in with mine. My favorite was just the legal notices. Yeah. And just this idea of being, and this isn't a a dig at teenagers. It's a dig at, it's not even a dig. It's reality is that you can be so siloed in your own life and your own life events that you have no idea what's going on in other people's worlds Mm -hmm. and what they're doing. And I think, I, I've mentioned this before, but Veronica prides herself on kind of being somebody who's always in the know. Like she always has some pulse on everything that's happening in her life. She's kind of a little bit of a control freak like that. She just, she knows things. And to be caught off guard like that to the point where she's like desperately counting how many times it's been printed and trying to call and all of that, I think. And, and as she's speaking to Cliff in that interaction, just kind of this like trying to keep her panic like, I, I can feel how she's, like, on the cusp of just, like, a freak out because this is very unexpected. This isn't something that she necessarily saw coming because, again, in her mind, mom's coming home. We're, like, you know, two weeks left in the program, whatever, and then it'll be fine. We'll at least start a conversation that gets us in the direction we need to go. Um, so that I loved the legal notices part. That's something that I always – that always sticks out that I remember about this season is is that whole – scene with her finding those and finding out what they mean and in the span of seconds figuring out what does that mean for her what does that mean for her family for whatever she has going on and and not being prepared to to have that conversation at that exact time with herself you know Mm -hmm. what I mean because she's got all this other really great stuff that's happening like she's helping a friend she's dating this cute boy in secret like things are okay right now for her and then they're not yeah, it even seems like she's the the Lily Kane investigation's kind of taking a back seat. Yeah, in this episode. And and two, you know, she's even kind of okay with Keith and and Alicia. Her and Wallace are good. Like for for the most part her life is good and then this is a a personal curveball that's thrown her way. Um but I do like Cliff yeah. in this episode. <laughs> He's actually to transition it my MVP. Oh yeah. Who was your MVP? But no, let me do mine first. Who was your MVP? No, don't tell me. So my MVP was Cliff. Yeah. <laughs> for basically that entire scene. I just the patience of that man and who he must represent and the kind of attitude that they give him, their stupidity, like just the types of situations that he as this public defendant or defender has to take on in these cases 
and he just he just keeps plugging away. He never in any season is like, you know what? I'm going to retire. I'm going to go do something else. Like He's like, no, this is my job. And I do this, and I know that the people I resent are the salt-of-the-earth people. <laughs> They're you know, not the, the upper, middle, or rich class. But he, he does have an extraordinary amount of patience and humor like to just take that all in stride and just be like, it's like hanging out with an adult child. It's fun. <laughs> it's just he's great, and he's just totally calm and, and funny. And then, you know, I also feel like, he really has to understand his clients to be able to come at them with that kind of dry humor and reaction to a what could potentially be a highly charged moment uh-huh. for his client to trust that like he's going to get out of there unscathed. Right. For the most part. I mean, at the end of the day, um, if he loses one of those clients, it's like the next one that comes down the, the line. It's literally he's going to get a call in like 10 minutes. Right. And they're not going to be like, well, I heard a bad review about you. Like, no, I'm the I'm the public defender. I'm all you you, no I'm what you get. Basically, <laughs> yeah. But I just I don't feel like Cliff has gotten enough love um, in this season, and he's just he's a delight. He's one of those definitely definitely like minor characters. Mm-hmm. That's just a gem. Him, you know, Vinny, just these really kind of small characters that have a very big presence and are just done so well. I just adore him he's great awesome well um in honor of father's day my mvp for the episode is going to be aaron eccles interesting just feeling just for the episode um if we were to look at it uh, a timeline yeah if we were to look at it like the whole series he's definitely got some some points um but he's so far in the negative as far as the series goes yeah i feel like he's he's Making a strong case for making up for a lifetime of bad decisions. Right, and 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 every every character starts at zero when the when the episode starts. This is true. If if it was going based on the season, he's like negative a thousand twenty four. So he'd still be pretty far down the list. Yeah. But I I don't know. He I think he did a great job in this episode and in everything that we already said. He for the first time in his life, he's being a dad, mm-hmm. and it's. It's strange territory for him, and I think he's realizing. It's like, wow, this is what I've been missing out on my entire life, yeah, or in Logan's entire life, rather. Well, and also too, when his when his ego and when his image is not in the picture, like when nothing is a threat of him, like thinking about um, the bum fights, right? Mm-hmm. So that was a huge moment of contention between him and Logan because it was all about his image. It was less about his son. And handling his son as a father would his son, it was punishing him for the the bad image he cast on the Aaron Eccles name. And so I think once his ego is out of the out of the equation, I think he's able to see his relationships a lot more clearly, mm-hmm. which I think does afford him the opportunity to be like, this is what I've missed. And it also, if he is not going after or having some sort of ulterior motive, right? And Logan knows that. Logan's less hostile towards his dad, right. too. So it's it's a beneficial thing. So retirement may just be the best thing for him. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he needs more money. No, they're pretty cozy. Right. And Unless, you know, what's the guy's name? Dylan files charges. I doubt it. <laughs> Good luck going up against Aaron Eccles. Dylan, the deadbeat ex-boyfriend of Trino. Dogan? Dogan? That was... That was Duncan and Logan. 
Dogan. Munkin and Dogan. He had a weird last name. I can't remember what it was. Anyway, not important. Not important. Is that all we got? I think that's all we got. Okay. So that's a wrap on this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can find us every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. If you're enjoying the show, please consider dropping us a rating and a review. That helps other marshmallows find us. If you'd like to reach out, find us on Instagram at Life After Mars Podcast or on Twitter at Life After Mars 09. Hate social? Then email us, lifeaftermarspodcast at gmail.com. Until next week, marshmallows. Peace. Adios. Peace.